Hare Krishna, my dear devotees. Welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books right here in the live studios in the Haven, which is located in Hive, Kent, Southeast England, just a stone's throw from the English Channel. I'm here with Abhay Das Brahmachari and Gaur Hari Das Brahmachari, uh, who will be um, with us for some time. And, uh, Abhay Das Brahmachari will be going back to Houston, at least for some time, or who knows what will happen as time unfolds this uh, yagya, this sacrifice that we're doing uh, here in the haven. Uh, we welcome uh, Gohari Prabhu, and he'll be doing the reading of the reflections tonight for the first time. And he reads very nicely, I might add. Um, Srimad Bhagavatam Hiba Stotram by Srila Sanatana Goswami um, glorifies the Bhagavatam and why we keep saying back home, back to Bhagavatam. He goes like this. Sarva-sya-sya-dipi-yusha Sarva-vedaika-satpala Sarva-siddhanta-ratnaja Sarva-lokaika-drik-prada O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana, Srimad Bhagavata Prabho, Kali Dwanduditaditya, Sri Krishna Parivartita. O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master, Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya. Prema Varshakshudayate Sarvada Sarvasevyaya Sri Krishnaya Namostume I bow down to you who are supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna Himself. Marika Bando Matsangin Madguru Man Mahadana Manistadagamad Bhagya Mad Ananda Namostute. My only friend, my constant companion, my, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu Saduta Dayin Atini Chochatakara O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudivaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya
Okay, we reached the 28th chapter of the 4th canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. Uh, Puranjana becomes a woman in the next life. We're, ta- we're starting with text 26. That most unkind king, Puranjana, had killed many animals in various sacrifices. Now, taking advantage of this opportunity, all these animals began to pierce him with their horns. It was as though he were being cut to pieces by axes. The volume seems low. Somebody else is a Krishnangi just said it sounds fine on my end. Say that again? Krishnangi Mulder said it sounds fine on my end. Uh-huh. <clears throat> well, it doesn't look like there's any uh, problems, so we'll just keep going, unless we have more feedback. Purport. <clears throat> Those who are very enthusiastic about killing animals in the name of religion or for food must await similar punishment after death. The word mangsa, meat, indicates that those animals whom we kill will be given an opportunity to kill us. Although in actuality no living entity is killed, the pains of being pierced by the horns of animals will be experienced after death. Not knowing this, rascals unhesitatingly go on killing poor animals. So-called human civilization has opened many slaughterhouses for animals in the name of religion or food. Those who are a little religious kill animals in temples, mosques or synagogues. And those who are more fallen maintain various slaughterhouses. Just as in civilized human society, the law is a life for a life. No living entity and encroach upon another living entity as far as the Supreme Lord is concerned. Everyone should be given freedom to live at the cost of the Supreme Father. An animal killing, either for religion or for food, is always condemned by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. In Bhagavad Gita 16.19, Lord Krishna says, Tanahang those who are envious and mischievous, who are the lowest among men, are cast by me into the ocean of material existence, into various demoniac species of life. The animal killers, Dvishatak, envying other living entities and the Supreme Personality of Godhead are placed in darkness and cannot understand the theme and objective of life. This is further explained in the following verses. Text 27 Due to his contaminated association with women, a living entity like King Puranjana eternally suffers all the pangs of material existence 
and remains in the dark region of material life, bereft of all remembrance for many, many years. Purport This is a description of material existence. Material existence is experienced when one becomes attached to a woman and forgets his real identity as the eternal servant of Krishna. Nashtasmritihi in this way, in one body after another, the living entity perpetually suffers the threefold miseries of material existence. To save human civilization from the darkness of ignorance, this movement was started. The main purpose of the Krishna consciousness movement is to enlighten the forgetful living entity and remind him of his original Krishna consciousness. In this way, the living entity can be saved from the catastrophe of ignorance as well as bodily transmigration. As Śrīla Bhaktivinotākura sang, Anādi karmapale padi babharnam babharnabajale taribari nak deki upai evishaya halahale diva nishihaya hiya jale because of my past fruitive activities, I have now fallen into the, an ocean of nations. I cannot find any means to get out of this great ocean, which is indeed like an ocean of poison. We are trying to be happy through sense enjoyment, but actually that so-called enjoyment is like food that is too hot and causes burning in the heart. I feel a burning sensation constantly, day and night, and thus my mind cannot find satisfaction. Material existence is always full of anxiety. People are always trying to find many ways to mitigate anxiety. But because they are not guided by a real leader, they try to forget material anxiety through drink and sex indulgence. Foolish people who do not know that by attempting to escape anxiety by drink and sex, they simply increase their duration of material life. It is not possible to escape material anxiety in this way. The word pramada sangha dushita indicates that apart from all other contamination, if one simply remains attached to a woman, that single contamination will be sufficient to prolong one's miserable material existence. Consequently, in Vedic civilization, one is trained from the beginning to give up attachment for women. The first stage of life is brahmachari, the second stage grihastha, the third stage Vanaprastha and the fourth stage, sannyas. All these stages are devised to enable one to detach himself from the association of women. Text 28 King Paranjana gave up his body while remembering his wife and consequently in his next life he became a very beautiful and well-situated woman. He took his next birth as the daughter of King Vidarbha in the very house of the king.
purport. Since King Paranjana thought of his wife at the time of death, he attained the body of a woman in his next life. This verifies the following verse in Bhagavad Gita 8.6 Yang yang vapis maran bhavam chajantyante kalevaram tang tame vaiti kanteya sadatad bhava bhavitaha Whatever state of being one remembers when he quits his body, that state he will attain without fail. When a living entity is accustomed to think of a particular subject matter or become absorbed in a certain type of thought, he will think of that subject at the time of death. At the time of death, one will think of the subject that has occupied his life while he was awake, lightly sleeping or dreaming, or while he was deeply sleeping. After falling from the association of the Supreme Lord, the living entity thus transmigrates from one bodily form to another according to nature's course until he finally attains the human form. If he is absorbed in material thoughts and ignorant of spiritual life, and if he does not take shelter under the lotus feet of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Govinda, who, who solves all questions of birth and death, he will become a woman in the next life, especially if he thinks of his wife. As stated in Srimad Bhagavatam 331.1, Karmana, Daiva, Netrena, a living entity acts piously and impiously, and sometimes in both ways. All actions are taken into account and the living entity is offered a new body by his superiors. Although King Paranjana was overly attached to his wife, he nonetheless performed many pious act fruitive activities. Consequently, although he took the form of a woman, he was given a chance to be the daughter of a powerful king, as confirmed in Bhagavad Gita 641. Prapya punya kritang lokan ushitva shashwati samaha shuchinam shinmatam gehe yoga brashto vijayate. Is that window open? Yeah, that's what I thought. So. Yeah, thank you. The unsuccessful yogi after many, many years of enjoyment on the planets of the pious living entities, is born into a family of righteous people or into a family of rich aristocracy. If a person falls from the path of bhakti-yoga, God-realization, due to attachment to fruitive activity, philosophical speculation, or mystic yoga, he is given a chance to take birth in a high and rich family. The higher authorities appointed by the Supreme Personality of Godhead thus render justice to the living entity according to the living entity's desires. Although King Puranjana was overly absorbed in thoughts of his wife and thus became a woman, he took birth in the family of the king due to his, due to his previous pious activities. 
the conclusion is that all our activities are taken into consideration before we are awarded another body. Narada Muni has therefore, advi therefore advised Vyasadeva that one should take to Krishna consciousness, devotional service, and abandon all ordinary occupational duties. This advice was also given by Lord Krishna Himself. Although a devotee may fall from the path of spiritual consciousness, he will nonetheless attain a human body in the home of a devotee or a rich man. In this way, one can resume his devotional service. Text 29 It was fixed that Vaidarvi, daughter of King Vidarbha, was to be married to a very powerful man, Malayadwaj, Malayadwaj, <clears throat> an inhabitant of the Pandu country. After conquering other princes, he married the daughter of King Vidarbha. Purport it is customary among Kshatriyas for a princess to be offered under certain conditions. For instance, Draupadi was offered in marriage to one who could pierce a fish with an arrow simply by seeing the reflection of that fish. Krishna married one of his queens after conquering seven strong bulls. The Vedic system for a daughter of a king to be offered under certain condition. The Vedic system is for a daughter of a king to be offered under certain conditions. Vaidarvi, the daughter of Vidarbha, was offered to a great devotee and powerful king. Since King Malayadwaj was born a powerful king and great devotee, he fulfilled all the requirements. The name Malayadvaj signifies a great devotee who stands as firm as Malaya Hill and through his propaganda makes other devotees similarly as firm. Such a Mahabhagavata can prevail over the opinions of others. A strong devotee makes propaganda against all other spiritual conceptions namely jnana, karma, and yoga. With his devotional flag unfurled, he always stands fast to conquer other conceptions of transcendental realization. Whenever there is an argument between a devotee and a non-devotee, the pure, strong devotee comes out victorious. The word pandya comes from the word panda, meaning knowledge. Unless one is highly learned, he cannot conquer non-devotional conceptions. The word para means transcendental and pura means city. The parapur is Vaikuntha, the kingdom of God. And the word jai refers to one who, 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 refers to one who can conquer. This means that a pure devotee who is strong in devotional service and who has conquered all non-devotional conceptions can also conquer the kingdom of God. In other words, one can conquer the kingdom of God by kunta 
only by rendering devotional service. The Supreme Personality of Godhead is called Ajita, meaning that no one can conquer Him, but a devotee, by, but a devotee, by strong devotional service and sincere attachment. I'll read this again. The Supreme Personality of Godhead is called Ajita, meaning that no one can conquer Him, but a devotee, by strong devotional service and sincere attachment to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, can easily conquer Him. Lord Krishna is fear personified for everyone, but He, he, but he voluntarily agreed to fear the stick of Mother Yashoda. Krishna, God, cannot be conquered by anyone but his devotee. Such a devotee kindly married the daughter of King Vidarbha. Text 30 King Maliadvaj fathered one daughter who had very black eyes. He also had seven sons who later became rulers of that tract of land known as Dravida. Thus there were seven kings in that land. Purport King Malayadwaj was a great devotee and after he married the daughter of King Vidarbha, he gave her one nice daughter whose eyes were black. Figuratively, this means that the daughter of King Malayadwaj was also bestowed with devotional service, for her eyes were always fixed on Krishna. A devotee has no vision in his life other than Krishna. The seven sons are the seven processes of devotional service, hearing, chanting, remembering, offering worship, offering prayers, rendering transcendental loving service, and serving the lotus feet of your Lord. Of the nine types of devotional service, only seven were immediately given. The balance, friendship, and surrendering everything were to be developed later. In other words, devotional service is divided into two categories, namely Vidimarg and Ragmarg. The process of becoming friends with the Lord and sacrificing everything for him belongs to the category of Ragmarg, the stage of developed devotional service. For the neophyte, the important processes are those of hearing and chanting, Shavanam, Kirtanam, remembering Krishna, worshipping the deity in the temple, offering prayers, and always engaging in the service of the Lord, and worshipping the lotus feet of the Lord. The word Yaviyasha indicates that these processes are very powerful. After a devotee engages in the processes of Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu, Smarnam, Padasevanam, Archanam, Vandanam, Dasyam, and is able to secure these processes, he can later become a devotee capable of rendering spontaneous devotional service, namely Sakyam and Atma Nivedanam. Generally, the great Acharyas who preach devotional service all over the world 
belong to the category of Sakyam Atmanivedanam. A, devo a neophyte devotee cannot actually become a preacher. A neophyte is advised to execute devotional service in the seven other fields, Shravanam, Kirtanam, and so on. If one can successfully execute the preliminary seven items, he can in the future be situated on the platform of Sakyam, Atmanivedanam. The specific mention of Dravidadesh refers to the five Dravidadeshas in South India. All are very strong in rendering the preliminary devotional processes, Shavanam Kirtanam. Some great Acharyas like Ramanujacharya and Madhvacharya also came from Dravidadesh and became great preachers. They were all situated on the platform of Sakyam Atmanivedanam. Text 31 My dear King Prachinabharishat the sons of Maliadwaj gave birth to many thousands and thousands of sons and all of these have been protecting the entire world up to the end of one Manu's lifespan and even afterward. Purport There are 14 Manus in one day of Brahma. A Manvantara, the lifespan of one Manu, is given as 14, as 71, multiplied by 4,320,000 years. After one such Manu passes on, another Manu begins his lifespan. In this way, the life cycle of the universe is going on. As one Manu follows another, the cult of Krishna consciousness is being imparted, as confirmed in Bhagavad Gita 4.1. Shri Bhagavanu Vacha Imang Vivasate Yogang Proktavan Ahamavyayam Vibhaswan manave praha munurikshvakave bravid. The Supreme Personality of Godhead said, I instructed this imperishable science of yoga to the sun god Vibhaswan. And Vibhaswan instructed it to Manu, the father of mankind. And Manu in turn instructed it to Ikshvaku. Vibhaswan the sun god imparted Bhagavad Gita to one Manu and this Manu imparted it to his son who imparted it to yet another Manu. In this way the propagation of Krishna consciousness is never stopped. No one should think that this Krishna consciousness movement is a new movement. As confirmed by Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam, it is a very, very old movement for it has been passing down from one Manu to another. Among Vaishnavas, there may be some difference of opinion due to everyone's personal identity. But despite all personal differences, the cult of Krishna consciousness must go on. We can see 
that under the instructions of Srila Bhakti Vinod Thakur, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta, Saraswati Goswami Maharaj, began preaching the Krishna consciousness movement in an organized way within the past hundred years. The disciples of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta, Saraswati Goswami Maharaj, are all God-brothers, and although there are some differences of opinion, and although we are not acting conjointly, every one of us is spreading this Krishna consciousness movement according to his own capacity and producing many disciples to spread it all over the world. As far as we are concerned, we have already started the International Society for Krishna Consciousness and many thousands of Europeans and Americans have joined this movement. Indeed, it is spreading like wildfire. The cult of Krishna Consciousness based on the nine principles of devotional service Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu, Smaranam, Padasevanam, Archanam, Vandanam, Dasyam, Sakyam, Atmanivedanam will never be stopped. It will go on without distinction of caste, creed, color or country. No one can check it. Śrīla Prabhupāda ki jāi. The word Vokshate is very important in this verse. Just as a king gives protection to his citizens, these devotees, following the principles of devotional service, will give protection to all the people of the world. The people of the world are very much harassed by so-called religious-principled swamis, yogis, karmis, and jnanis. But none of these can show the right way to become elevated to the spiritual platform. There are primarily four parties <clears throat> spreading devotional service all over the universe. These are the Ramanuja Sampradaya, the Madhva Sampradaya, the Vishnu Swami Sampradaya, and the Nimbarka Sampradaya. The Madhva Gaudiya Sampradaya, in particular, comes from Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. All these devotees are spreading this Christian consciousness movement very widely and giving protection to innocent people who are being so much embarrassed by pseudo-avatars, swamis, yogis, and others. Text 32 The great sage named Agastya married the first-born daughter of Malayadwaj, the avowed devotee of Lord Krishna. From her, one son was born, whose name was Dhritachuta, <clears throat> and from him, another son was born, whose name was Idmavaha. Purport. The name Agastya Muni is very significant. Agastya Muni represents the mind. The word Agastya indicates that the senses do not act independently. And the word Muni means mind. The mind is the center of all the senses. And thus the senses cannot work independent of the mind. When the mind takes the cult to the cult of bhakti, it engages in devotional service. The cult of bhakti, bhakti lata, is the first daughter of Malayadwaj, 
and as previously described, her eyes are always upon Krishna. Atitekshanam. One cannot render bhakti to any demigod. Bhakti can be rendered only to Vishnu. Shravanam kirtanam Vishnu. Thinking, thinking the absolute truth to be without form, the Mayavadis say that the word bhakti can apply to any form of worship. If this were the case, a devotee could imagine any demigod or any godly form and worship it. This, however, is not the real fact. The real fact is that bhakti can be applied only to Lord Vishnu and his expansions. Therefore, bhakti-lata is dridavrata, the great vow. For when the mind is completely engaged in devotional service, the mind does not fall down. If one tries to advance by other means, by karma-yoga or jnana-yoga, one will fall down. But if one is fixed in bhakti, he never falls down. Thus, from bhakti-lata, the son Dridachuta was bo is born, and from Dridachuta, the next son, Id Idmavaha, is born. The word Idmavaha refers to one who carries wood for burning in a sacrifice when approaching a spiritual master. The point is that Bhakti-lata, the cult of devotion, fixes one in his spiritual position. One so fixed never comes down and he begets children who are strict followers of the Shastric injunctions. As said in the Vedas, Tadvigyanartan sagadum evabhigachchet simitpani chotiyam brahmanishtam In the line of devotional service, those who are initiated are strict followers of the Vedic scriptural injunctions. Text 33 After this, the great saintly king Malayadvaj divided his entire kingdom among his sons. Then, in order to worship Lord Krishna with full attention, he went to a solitary place known as Kulachala. Purport Malayadvaj, the great king, was certainly a Mahabhagavat, topmost devotee. By executing devotional service, he begot many sons and disciples for propagating the bhakti cult, Shravanam Vishnu Smar, Shravanam Kirtanam Vishnu. Actually, <clears throat> the entire world should be divided amongst, among such disciples. Everyone should be engaged in preaching the cult of Krishna consciousness. In other words, when disciples have grown up and are able to preach, the spiritual master should retire and sit down in a solitary place to write and execute Nirjan Bhajan. This means sitting silently in a solitary place and executing devotional service. This Nirjana Bhajana which is the silent worship of the Supreme Lord, is not possible for a neophyte devotee. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur 
never advise the neophyte devotee to go to a, sol a solitary place to engage in devotional service. Indeed, he has written a song in this connection. Dushtamana tumi kishara vaishnava pratishtaratari nirjanyaragare tavahari nama kevala kaitava. My dear mind, what kind of devotee are you? Simply for cheap adoration, you sit in a solitary place and pretend to chant the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. But this is all cheating. Thus Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur advocated that every devotee under the, ex the guidance of an expert spiritual master preach the Bhakti cult, Krishna consciousness, all over the world. Only when one is mature can he sit down in a solitary place and retire from preaching all over the world. Following this example, the devotees of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness now render service as preachers in various parts of the world. Now they can allow the spiritual master to retire from active preaching work. In the last stage of the spiritual master's life, the devotees of the spiritual master should take preaching activities into their own hands. In this way, the spiritual master can sit down in a solitary place and render nirjana bhajana. Text 34 Just as the moonshine follows the moon at night, immediately after King Malayadwaj departed for Kulachala, his devoted wife, whose eyes were very enchanting, followed him, giving up all homely happiness, despite family and children. Purport <clears throat> Just as in the Vanaprastha stage, the wife follows the husband, similarly, when the spiritual master retires for Nirjana Bhajana, some of his advanced devotees follow him and engage in his personal service. In other words, those who are very fond of family life should come forward in the service of the spiritual master and abandon so-called happiness afforded by society, friendship and love. A verse by Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur in his Gurvashtaka is significant in this regard. Yasya prasadad bhagavat prasadaha a disciple should always remember that by serving the spiritual master, he can easily advance in Krishna consciousness. All the scriptures recommend that it is by pleasing the spiritual master and serving him directly that one can attain the highest professional stage of devotional service. The word madirekshana is also significant in this verse. Srila Jiva Goswami has explained in his Sandarbha that the word madira means intoxicating. If one's eyes become intoxicated upon seeing the deity, he may be called madirakshana, madirakshana, sorry. Queen Vaidarbi's eyes, Queen Vaidarbi's eyes were very enchanting, just as one's eyes are madirakshana when engaged in seeing the temple deity. Unless one is an advanced devotee, he can't
can, cannot fix his eyes on the deity in the temple. Text 35 and 36. I think we'll start for this. is pretty... No, not so long. Not so long. I'll take it. Text 36. 35 and 36. In the province of Kulachala, there were rivers named Chandravasa, Tamraparni, and Vatodaka. King Malayadwaj, Malayadwaj used to go to these pious rivers regularly and take his bath there. Thus he purified himself externally and internally. He took his bath and ate bulbs, seeds, leaves, flowers, roots, fruits and grasses and drank water. In this way he underwent severe austerities. Eventually he became very skinny. Purport We can definitely see that to advance in Krishna consciousness one must control his bodily weight. If one becomes too fat it is to be understood, assumed that he is not advancing spiritually. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta, Saraswati Thakur, severely criticized his fat disciples. <laughs> the idea is that one who intends to advance in Krishna consciousness must not eat very much. Devotees used to go to forests, high hills or mountains on pilgrimages, but such severe austerities are not possible in these days. One should instead eat only prasad, and no more than required. According to the Vaishnava calendar, there are many fasts, such as Ekadasi, and the appearance and disappearance phase of God and His devotees. All of these are meant to increase the fat within the body so that one will not sleep more than desired and will not become inactive and lazy. Overindulgence in food will cause a man to sleep more than required. This human form of life is meant for austerity. And austerity means controlling sex, food in intake, and so on. In this way, time can be saved for spiritual activity and one can purify himself both externally and internally. Thus, both body and mind can be cleansed. See the Prabhupada key? Jai. We'll stop here at that 7.46. We started early today, so this is a good 45 minutes, so 40, 40, some over 40 minutes. So we'll stop here our reading and begin tomorrow at text 37. And we'll wait happily and patiently for the reflections to come flowing from the mouths of the assembled devotees. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Okay, we have one by Chitraleka Saki Devi Dasi. Chitraleka Saki Devi Dasi. Hare Krishna. 
She says, Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj. Please accept our humble obeisances. Jai Srila Prabhupada. Thank you very much. King Kari Dasi and I are listening gratefully. Well, we're gratefully happy that you're listening gratefully. Thank you so much. Hare Krishna. This is what I live for. This is... Gopa, this is Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Hare Krishna Gopakanya Devi Dasi. This is Jai Maharaj Hare Krishna. My humble obeisances to all the assembled sages. All glories to Srila Prabhupada and Srimad Bhagavatam. My life heir. Thank you for the matchless gift, Maharaj. Hare Krishna, thank you for your ears. And it's true that the Bhagavatam is a matchless, matchless gift. We're, we're having Christmas every day. giving the best gift we can give every day to everyone that, that, that can hear. This is from Daityari Hari. Daityari Hari, Hari Krishna. Welcome back. He says, Hari Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. We heard tonight about how what we think about throughout our lives will determine what we think about at the time of death mm. and in turn determine our destination in the next life. I was wondering how our thoughts also affect this life and the things that end up happening to us. Is it the case that if we become absorbed in particular thoughts, we will affect the things that come into our lives, be they either material or spiritual? I understand that if we think a particular way for long enough, we'll start to feel and act in a particular way that will determine the direction we move in. But is it also the case that we draw particular experiences and situations into our lives simply because of our thoughts? Well, yes. Yes, we do. Uh, but it's con we, don't, we can't separate the thoughts from the activities either. And you can't separate your thoughts and activities from the thoughts and activities of others. So it's not just because of us if we're thinking of a certain thing that some, some kind of person will come into our lives. It depends on the thoughts of that, that, those other people, that, that other person as well. So the factor that actually reconciles all of these things is the super-soul in the heart. The super-soul is in the heart of every living being. And he knows the thoughts and the internal motivations of every single person. And he puts them together you know, in in terms of what they desire. So it, it's true what you said, and and we have to learn to control the mind eventually, because if we don't, then our mind will eventually force our senses to act. Prabhupada once said, once said that we don't act exactly with our senses; we act with our mind and intelligence, because the mind and intelligence follow. I mean, the senses follow the mind and intelligence. Everything that we do, we first of all have to think about it before we do it. And that's for an animal. Animals don't think about what they're doing. They react and they have intelligence to avoid you know, danger and so on and so forth and to fight for their... defend themselves and find food and 
shelter and sex. But in terms of developed thinking, they don't. Uh, so these are all gifts given by Krishna, by the super soul, to the uh, in individual soul who has attained a human life. Atato Brahma Jigyasa. The human life means uh, time to inquire about the absolute truth. So it's true that what you think about or the consciousness you're in can attract a certain kind of person and affect your daily life, but it also depends on the super soul in the heart and the desires of the in the heart and the mind of the other persons also. It's all connected together. There are no accidents. Hare Krishna. We have Anandamurti Devi Dasi. Yes, Anandamurti Hare Krishna. She says, Dear Guru Maharaj and all assembled devotees, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Thank you so much for today's readings of Srimad Bhagavatam, which is the king of knowledge. Today we heard the glories of, the bhakti, of bhakti yoga and we could hear only by the mercy of Srila Prabhupada. His purport is so clear to understand the supreme truth. I found that I should never give up going out and doing preaching or, or for book distribution. Yesterday, two small books and one big, big book distributed during lunch. Om Tat Sat. Thank you very, a lot. And just keep doing it and the books will keep going out and you will make devotees and who knows what will happen. Krishna only knows. Hare Krishna. Is this from Bhakta Rupa Prabhu? Yes, Bhakta Rupa. Thank you for reading, Maharaj. Tonight I heard that we have a responsibility to become qualified preachers so our spiritual masters can step back and peacefully perform Nirjan Bhajan, knowing that we have responsibly taken this torchlight of knowledge and will pass it into the next generation correctly. Yes. Another way of saying that is that today's disciple becomes tomorrow's guru. That is the responsibility of the disciple and responsibility of the guru to teach according to the capacity and the nature of the disciple how to do that. This is from Rohini Nandana Das. Yes, Rohini Nandana. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. Reading these purports which mention how this Krishna consciousness movement has been going on from master to disciple since time immemorial, it seems completely crazy how the Ritvik idea could come about. Mm. Very obviously, such ideas come from distorted faith. For some reason that struck me, your servant. Thank you very much for bringing that out. And it's a very uh, wonderful truth that you just uh, elaborated upon or, or articulated uh, everyone has faith but unless the faith is pure if the faith is to the, to, to the degree that the faith is influenced by passion and ignorance then his faith will be in different things different ideas different conceptions 
But we know for a fact that this knowledge comes from one source. That Krishna is the Guru and he is empowering his devotees to do this work, this preaching work. And if we see it like that, then we will come, become free from the bodily concept and we will not think that the disciplic succession stops with one or to a particular person. That's the basic Vedic philosophy, that only Prabhupada was empowered and everyone else is uh, incapable of giving initiation. But what that does is insult Srila Prabhupada. It's an insult because it means he's not powerful enough to empower uh, others who are receptive to the empowerment. You have to be receptive to the empowerment. You have to accept it and embrace it and run with it or serve. But this is how it's going on. Otherwise, how could it be coming down, as you say, from time immemorial in this way? <coughs> Hare Krishna. And nobody can change that. That's the system. We can't change the laws of spiritual or material nature. We have to, we have to conform to those laws, learn how to lo learn what the laws are, and learn how to conform with the laws and therefore we can live a peaceful spiritual life just like in a, a country that has you know a, an adequate leader you know if he follows the government rules and then he can go travel places do things be free and if he breaks the law then he immediately is restricted Hare Krishna This one is from Peter Lawrence. Yes, Dr. Peter. He says, Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. Well, Hare Krishna to you. I am overjoyed to be attending this live. <laughs> Can you expand on the purport of 2830 where it is stated, quote, a neophyte devotee cannot actually become a preacher, end quote. How does this relate to neophyte devotees engaging in book distribution? If you're distributing books, you're not a neophyte devotee. It's relative. It's relative. Uh, you'll notice of all the devotees that are in the movement, how many of them are going out and distributing books. Relatively small number. And Prabhupada uh, actually said the words, it, it is not for everyone, because it requires a certain spiritual strength and a certain spiritual desire and a certain submission to the will of Krishna, the will of the spiritual master, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, to actually do it. And serious sadhana, one who does serious sadhana, can have the strength to tolerate the waves of passion and ignorance that wash over us when we go out into the public. So, did that answer the question? 
Read it again, the question. Something about... Yeah, I was saying, can you expand on the purport of 2830 where it is stated, quote, a neophyte devotee cannot actually become a preacher. How does this relate to neophyte devotees engaging in book distribution? Yeah, it means most devotees are neophytes and therefore they can't, they don't go out on book distribution. But the ones who go out on book distribution are more advanced than the neophytes. But among them, there are more advanced and more advanced and more advanced. But the act itself of preaching, which book distribution is, it's not a business. We're not taking the money for ourselves, the book distributors. Uh, but it's for the for the pleasure of Srila Prabhupada, for the pleasure of our previous Acharyas, pleasure of our spiritual master, and out of compassion for the fallen souls. So this is the real thing. One has to be advanced enough to feel compassion for the fallen souls and want to help them come out of material ignorance and illusion and materialistic conceptions. That should be the um, motive of an advanced book distributor. But anyone who goes out and tries sincerely to distribute books, to distribute books, they are considered uh, at, at least Madhyamayikaris, advanced from the gross Kanishta platform. Hare Krishna. This is from Subarao Rajagopal. Yes, Subarao Rajagopal. Hari Bol. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Please accept my humble obeisances and all glories to Srila Prabhupada. Thank you for your daily readings. I am glad that Paranjana's life is over and all the, glo the glory <laughs> details when he was leaving his body. <laughs> now it is time to focus on his journey in his life. Focus on his journey in this lifetime. Daily readings, ki jai. Jai ho. Time for us to focus on our daily lives <laughs> and how to apply these instructions in our day-to-day, moment-to-moment living. That's the purpose of the Gita and the Bhagavatam. Teach us how to live. Teach us what to do, what not to do. What's entangling, what's not entangling. Road map, the road map to spiritual life, the road map to our eternal life in the spiritual world is being described in these books. Hare Krishna, thank you. Is this from Vilas Manjari? Yes, Vilas Manjari. She says, Dear Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances, all glories to Srila Prabhupada. I found it interesting how the princess's eyes were black, meaning fixed on Krishna. So I found it interesting how the princess's eyes were black, meaning fixed on Krishna, and her seven sons were the first seven processes of devotional service. The remaining two processes belong to Ragamarg and can only be attained once one is standing firmly on the first seven processes. This is such clear direction on where to focus our attention in devotional service. Srila Prabhupada mentioned the strong sadhana of devotees in South India. Is there a prediction about an empowered person coming from South India in the future to further spread Lord Chaitanya's mission? Well, in fact, 
there is a verse in the 11th canto of Srimad Bhagavatam that describes not just one person but that people from South India will take birth all over the planet and help spread Krishna consciousness. I, unfortunately, I don't have the verse in my hand, in my, in my tongue, in my mind. But I've read it, I wrote it down, I know for a fact that it's there. You have to do some research. Yeah, the last line of her comment was, I hear this occasionally and have no idea if it has any reference in the scriptures. Yes, I guess you would say 11th Canto, Srimad Bhagavatam. This is from Nick, Nikki Drans. Yes, Nikki. Today I heard how a devotee advanced in knowledge of the Shastra will be able to counter any other philosophical argument. Hearing this reinforced to me that the scriptures contain all truths. Yes, and not only all truths, but all arguments that can defeat all falsity. You just have to listen to Prabhupada's per, uh, lectures and he gives all the arguments again and again and again and they're irrefutable and very powerful. She continues by saying, and that any speculation in my mind is because of my lack of understanding and knowledge. This jumped out at me today. Yes. Very good. See, these, this is how we advance in devotional service. We hear and try to understand. Hear, try to understand. When we don't understand, we inquire. And then we hear and try to understand. That is real devotional hearing. Don't allow anything to go into your ear that you don't understand. And therefore, if you go through the books like this and keep hearing them and keep reading them and keep trying to explain them to others, and the best way to learn them is to ex explain them to others. Hearing and explaining is even better than reading. That's where you get realizations. Again, from Krishna, inside the heart, there's the super soul. Hare Krishna. This is an additional comment from Bhakta Peter. Yes, Bhakta Peter. He says, P.S. Thank you for consistently delivering to us the strongest source of stability. This reading is the strongest anchor that keeps me absorbed in Prabhupada's books. Oh, I'm so encouraged by that. What can I say? Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. I'm humbled and honored and yes, thank you. Hare Krishna. Is this from, again, from Rohini Nandana Das? Yes, Rohini Nandana. Can I please ask about what you said in answer to Daityahari's question? You said that we act with our minds, but I find that service comes to me without me desiring it as actively and strongly as I think a good devotee should. Could you please explain why is that? Obviously, I have to make more of an endeavor, but how am I blessed with service, your servant? Well, you're blessed with service by the mercy of Krishna within your heart and the mercy of the spiritual master and yeah but when, I, when we say that we don't act exactly with our senses but with our mind 
it means that most things that we do, we think about first. We're not animals. Human beings think things before they do them. They, they, they have a desire. To think, that means to have a desire. There's thinking, there's feeling, there's willing, and then there's acting. Th these are the processes of the subtle body, how they act and interact with the, the gross body and senses. Therefore it says, the, 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 the living entity takes a different set of senses grouped around the mind. The mind is a subtle body and therefore it influences the gross body. The desires that we have at our end of our, beginning of our end of our life will determine the next gross body we have. That's what it means. So you may think that you're thoughtless and you're doing things without thinking, but it's not true. No devotee is like that. Is it clear? Maybe. Clearer? Maybe. This is from Vilas Manjari again? Yes. Right now, one of our daily reading members, Krishnangi Mulder, is listening with her mother to your reading as her mother enters her final hours or days. Oh. Both mother and daughter are gaining great comfort from the transcendental sound and transcendental association. Oh, so happy. Thank you so much for telling me that. Thank you. She says, a humble request to you, dear Maharaj, and to all the assembled Vaishnavas, to please send your blessings to Krishnangi's mom. What is Krishnangi's mom's name? don't have it yet. Mm. Well, Krishna Mulder's mum is enough. All blessings to her for her safe and successful journey onward in spiritual life. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. We have Bhakta Rupa again. Yes, Bhakta Rupa. Is how do we become requalified to distribute books? From my experience, at first it was easier to go on books fueled by passion and youthful vigor, but as the years go by and the results dry up, it becomes very hard to be as motivated as before as other desires creep in or become more apparent than they once were. How do we relight this fire to distribute books? By distributing books. Once in Atlanta, Georgia, 1975, uh, the Radha Brahmacharis who were traveling all over the country came together to see Prabhupada and they had a darshan with him. And during the darshan, one of the uh, temple authorities, I can't remember which one it was, uh, made a question to Prabhupada after the, during the darshan said, we're a little concerned, Srila Prabhupada, because devotees are falling down 
while they're distributing your book. And Prabhupada just laughed. And he said, they're not falling down from distributing my books. They're falling down when they stop distributing my books. You see, distributing books has a built-in potency because it's very pleasing to Srila Prabhupada. It's very pleasing to the previous Acharyas. It's very pleasing to Lord Chaitanya. And as Krishna says in the Gita, it's most pleasing to him. Of course, there's different mentalities. It's possible to distribute books in the wrong mentality and just do it for some kind of profit or adoration or whatever. But if you actually distribute the books for the benefit of the people you're distributing to, then the fire will reignite. Krishnangi's mom's name is Joy. Joy, what a nice name. A person named Joy, my landlady in California, on top of a mountain, gave me one of my first books. <laughs> Knocked on the, uh, rang the doorbell and gave me the book. Here, I think this is for you. She was a 70-year-old Christian mystic living on top of the mountain for the same reason we were, trying to get away from the madding crowd. So we, we uh, give joy, Krishna, Krishna Moldus, Mother, you know, all the goodwill and well wishes uh, from all the devotees. Hare Krishna. Thank you very much. A special uh, night tonight, especially sweet uh, reflections in this special section of the Bhagavatam, which describes all about material existence and how it works. Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Samavira Bhaktivinda ki jai. Gaur Premanandi Hari Hari Bol. See you tomorrow night. Same time, same place, same topic as the life goes on in the allegorical sto sto story of a fallen conditioned soul. Hare Krishna. See you tomorrow.